Welcome to Because. I'm your host, Mark Zyla. This week, we have part two of the Becauses of my friend, Nicholas Propes. Nick is an amazing educator and conductor, and he's also very passionate about photography, videography, and he's just a creative person. And last week, we got to hear about his early life and kind of how he got into music. And I think you'll find the twists and turns of his uh, the second part of his story to be interesting, and I hope that you can draw some correlations between some things that Nick has had to do in his life and what you've had to do in your own. So I hope you enjoy our conversation with Nicholas Propes, conductor and educator. Let's talk about your junior and senior years of school. Your story up to this point, at least your collegiate story, seems like a person who didn't really know what they wanted to do, or knew what they wanted to do, but also didn't really know how to get there and thought that, uh, you know, maybe staying, you know, in Iowa, be around other musical people, that things might come into focus you have this experience in marching band that kind of connects you to the person who becomes your wife but also uh seems like a really nice um social fabric for Mm -hmm. you in the beginning parts and now you're in your junior and senior years um there is the reality that at some point the rubber needs to meet the road so let's hear the story behind kind of how these um these little threads start to get uh, tied together. Okay. So I think where I actually started to think realistically about being a teacher um, is when I did my, my practicum teaching, mm-hmm. which is, if you don't know, it's like observation hours. It's how you get into the school of the College of Education. Okay. Right? Um, so this and- is an effort to see if you have any natural aptitude in the classroom, but also to kind of let you know what you're getting yourself exactly. into. Exactly. I yeah. think this is, hey, before you spend all this time in our program, you need to go out and see what it's like in the real world, and is this really for right. you? To right. prevent my mother's story, which was music education until student teaching. Right. And then she got through student teaching right. and promptly decided that disciplining other people's children was not something that she wanted to have any part in. <laughs> yeah. So you have to do, I forget how many hours it might be like 40 hours, something like that mm-hmm. of observation time. Um, Some old with, teachers out there going only one week to get them. Yeah. Right. Anyway, right. Sorry. <laughs> um, so it was actually, uh, a couple hours a week of going up to, for me, uh, Solon, Iowa, mm-hmm. which is just north of Iowa City. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a wonderful Big Grove Brewery tap house oh, there. well, there you go. It's lovely. For sure that wasn't there when I was no, definitely <laughs> doing <not>. my practicum <laughs> teaching. Uh, and so I actually got to have some hands-on experience mm-hmm. teaching those students and working with those kids and observing the program. Um 
I did actually get to do some some teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, working with the jazz band as opposed to just like sit in the corner and watch me teach. Right. Um, I got to give some lessons to their tuba players, and I think that's kind of where I I never had like that aha moment. Mm-hmm. It was like a slow development. Right. And then it was like, oh, I'm, I I enjoy this, and I'm kind of good at this right <laughs> right um right. and so that i think was like the start of the realization that like maybe this is a thing mm-hmm. that i could do mm-hmm. um and then after my my observation hours were over i continued to teach those students tuba lessons i would drive up there once a week and teach them some tuba lessons uh at the school right um and then it just sort of like slowly grew over the next couple of years mm-hmm. from there. Right. right. Um, and ended up doing my student teaching at City High in Iowa City mm-hmm. uh, with Steve Stickney and Bill Pringle, who I still love to see when I see them. Neither one of them are at, at Iowa City anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see them annually, if not more often, uh, at various band functions and it's just, you know, still hold those two guys in very high regard and appreciate, you know, what they did for me. Cause I, I find that that time at a city high was really sort of a, like another one of those like realizations, like, Oh yeah, this is fun. Mm -hmm. I can do this. I like this. Um, and were you starting to see that, like that, in a program like that, that has a lot of different things for students to be a part of. Like I can see you kind of being like, Oh, band programs, you know, like having other things for students to do would be exciting to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that, I mean, what I think I found out is that I'm a a pretty good people person Mm -hmm. and especially good, I think with students and kids. Yeah. Right. And I really enjoyed like making connections with, with students. Well, and that's really what it was. Yeah. Right. That's um, awesome. And now like I kind of go back and, and look at things in my past. Uh, and it kind of like, I like watch old videos, mm-hmm. uh, like home videos that right. my parents took. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, I do see a little bit of that, like nurturing teacher in right. myself. Mm-hmm. Now looking back on it, I'm like, Maybe I like maybe I always was like destined to be a teacher. Right. I just didn't realize that I had that like this is like literally a revelation that I had in the last year mm-hmm. watching some old home videos. Well, like, I mean, I could have told you with, with your <laughs> description of band practices, but Well, right. <laughs> and those were the same as me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so and then I think the the like Again, to bring it back to those people who are mentors in your life, at the end of the program at Iowa, at least back in the day, you had the box project, mm-hmm. which is where you had a box of like every educational material that you collected right. over your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like I can never do anything halfway. So instead of a box, I had like a file cabinet Mm -hmm. that I wheeled in and turned in for my project. Um, And Dr. Welch in his little like syllabus um, evaluation sheet Mm -hmm. 
checked off. You got this paper, you got that paper, you got this paper, we, you know, you got this and that. And then he wrote, where did you get this Elizabeth Green book? Because I, I just like found some book about conducting. It was like some old school book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he wrote underneath that, you will be a great teacher. I'm like, oh. Hmm. All right. So the dude who didn't like you right. <laughs> now knows that you're going to be a good teacher. knows that I'll be a great teacher. Yeah, right. And awesome. so like, I, I feel like that is sort of a, the, the Elizabeth Green book, I'm always looking for inspirations and knowledge Mm -hmm. and like, what's this? I'm going to buy this old book and let's see what this old book is about. And let's see what this piece is about. I think it kind of comes from my days of like record collecting. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel the same way about picking music for an ensemble. Like, cause I'll spend hours digging through crates at the music store, right? you know, and I'll be the same way about educational materials. I'll be the same way about, um, picking music for an ensemble. Like Mm -hmm. I'll just spend hours digging through books and method books and pieces for for a concert Mm -hmm. just the way i same way i would dig through a record crate looking for well what's behind this record what's this next record uh better look at the next record you know and and so it's like having him notice that i dug for this book (laughs) and then having him say about my collection of materials you know this is You'll good. be a good teacher. Yeah, that's great. That was that was a pretty powerful moment. And then that's uh that was the end of my time at Iowa. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Such a great I'm glad you have that story to punctuate yeah. your end at, at Iowa. So we have about twenty minutes left. Okay. Uh, which is important for me to state because you and I can go on go for- forever. So I wanna get to present day. Um, but there's a lot of story I think to cover within there. And I also want to dig into your deviation from teaching Mm -hmm. and, and kind of the story behind that. So give our listeners kind of an idea as to what the first part of your teaching career looked like. Where did you go? What did you do? (laughs) Okay. Those kinds of things. Um, so this is interesting. So I did my first half of my student teaching at City High. Mm-hmm. I did the second half of my teaching at a middle school in Cedar Rapids. While I was there, um, the cooperating teacher got a phone call that a band director just north of Cedar Rapids mm-hmm. had been arrested okay. and obviously fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they need somebody tomorrow to to, yeah like to fill in (laughs) right now Mm -hmm. so i was graduating in december um and i started at this little school just north of cedar rapids called central city Mm -hmm. in january and finished out the year there um Mm -hmm. with a band of like i might might have been 15 kids well maybe Mm -hmm. i mean this was the kind of school where it's like k-12 in one building right you know Yep. yep um which it was a good first experience, um, but not anything that I was used to. Right. You know, I did my student teaching at 4A schools. I grew up myself at a 4A school. Right. You know, where there were multiple bands and, you know, plethora of students in the program. And I was like, wow, 
15 kids. But it was, it was a good way f- for a new teacher fresh out of college. Right. To see to the other side of that it. coin. Right. And to, to, I mean, you know, one of the things that there are a lot of things you don't learn in college about teaching. <laughs> but one thing is, you know, the uh, more administrative side. Right. Of being a band director. Yeah. So being the administrator of 15 kids as opposed to 150 kids <laughs> or more was a shocking. good way to start. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then uh, I had at that time applied for a few different positions uh, and I got a call back from Pleasant Valley mm-hmm. here in the Quad Cities. Um, and so the the interview for my PV job was on the second day of my long-term subbing at Central City. So the very first day of Central City subbing, I had to go into the principal and say, I know it's my first day. But tomorrow I have an interview. Yeah, but tomorrow I have an interview. So (laughs) can you get a sub for the sub so I can go do this interview? And and they said yes. Um, And then, I mean, the rest is history. Mm -hmm. I finished out my long-term sub at Central City, got hired at PV, Mm-hmm. And and moved to the Quad Cities. Uh, did you and Ellie get married right out of college? No, no. Okay. We needed to uh, to build up a little bit of a nest egg first. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> so sure. we yeah, a couple of years later. Yeah, we got well, we got married. Rachel and I were engaged for like fifteen years. Yes. So. <laughs> not gonna get shock from me. <laughs> not quite that long. Not quite that long. Um. Uh. So yeah, we got we got married. Um. A couple of years after. Okay. Sweet. Um. But yeah, then I started it at PV, um, and when I started there, I was halftime high school okay. and halftime beginning band at two of the then four elementary schools in the PV district, okay. which if you're not from our area, now there are six elementary oh, schools wow. in the district. Um, let's give a listener who hasn't been around band programs or band teachers what is a typical day like for a position like that where you're halftime high school and halftime elementary? So I spent my mornings at the elementary schools. So okay. now it's been a long time, so this might not be 100% accurate, but mm-hmm. it was something like, I think, Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings at the larger of the two elementary schools. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday, Thursday morning at the smaller of the two elementary schools. Mm -hmm. And I would have a full band rehearsal. And then here in Iowa, we do um, our full band rehearsal and then teach small group or individual lessons for the rest of the day. That's not Mm -hmm. how other states run their music programs, but that's how we do in Iowa. was not my experience. Right. So um, I would have a, a full ensemble rehearsal lessons up until I had to jump in my car, <laughs> race back to the high school mm-hmm. to be at the high school in time for uh, ensemble rehearsals at the high school, and then finish my day at the high school teaching lessons there. Wow. It's a full day. It's a full, full day. And uh, do you get travel stipend and stuff like that for the um, going back and forth? I did not. Bummer. I know. Bummer town. I might have been able to, but I don't, but I didn't. <laughs> it probably required some paperwork. Probably, and, and I was like, at some point I was like, eh, it's just not worth it. Not worth it. <laughs> Got better things to do. Then. Yeah. So um, that was your first position in that, Pleasant right. Valley. And, and 
so tell us the story about how maybe you grew into another one and and also what is a band director's mentality in in that sense like are they always looking for ensembles of their own or programs of their own i'm, I'm kind of curious about like I mean, I know the classical musician brain is like audition, then audition for another orchestra that plays right. better than another one, and then another right. one. There's just this like constant auditioning and looking for the next yeah. opportunity. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it's all. I don't. That's a tough question. I mean, because I think that's so personal. You yeah. Know? Well, then I mean, let I me rephrase it. There... What was Nick Propes <laughs> looking to in terms right. of career-minded? I, I was, I was happy. Yeah, where I was, and I wasn't really looking to to cool. move necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, the band program was growing mm-hmm. at PV. After just two years, the program had grown to a point where, um, where I didn't have time to to split between the schools, and I then became high school director full time. Right. Um, myself and and the head band director were at the high school full time at that point. Then we hired, hired somebody else. Um to come in and teach the elementary school bands. Mm-hmm. So uh, at that point, then I was full-time high school. Um, and as the program continued to grow and as the school district grew, like PV is exploding. Right. Uh, it was exploding back then. It's continuing to explode. Like I said, it went from four elementary schools when I started to now having six elementary schools in the district. Um, we went from four district staff band teachers to uh i think they are now at eight or nine wow teachers in the band department mm-hmm. um so yeah the program grew and grew and grew and grew and grew uh mm-hmm. bringing on more staff splitting into more and more high school ensembles when I, when i started there were two high school ensembles and now there are four wow and when i left there were four mm-hmm. um what at some point there, I decided I wanted to get my master's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I did a program called American Band College, uh, which is out in Oregon. And it's a summer program that is specifically designed for teachers to keep teaching during the school year so you don't have to give up everything. Right. Go get your master's degree and then start the job hunt again, right? Yeah, yeah. You can keep your day job. And then you do your master's program over the summertime. Right. And it is three weeks in the summer out in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you spend the rest of your summer writing your um, projects, yeah, yeah. creating your projects for the mm-hmm. for the degree program. Um, and so I did that for three summers. Um, and it was a lot. <laughs> it was it was a lot of work. It was a lot of stress. Right. Um because I, I, I never got a summer right. for those three years. It was school is done. Basically, you have a week to get all your stuff together. Mm-hmm. Jump on a plane. Go to Oregon. Three weeks in Oregon. Super intense. Right. Like, because it's like an eight-week semester in three in weeks. In three weeks. Yeah. Right. Super intense. Uh, fly back home. Spend the rest of the time up to the deadline. <laughs> making your projects, mm-hmm. getting them printed and sent in. And then it was like the next week was marching band camp. Right. And it was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. And I learned a lot. I met a lot of wonderful, wonderful people 
um, made a lot of great connections. Um, but at the end of those three years, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there were some family things going on, um, some health issues. Uh, and just being a high school band director in general is a huge time commitment. Right. People don't realize. A lot of after school yeah, stuff Yeah, a lot too. of after school stuff, a lot of Friday nights, Traveling. a lot of weekends. Yeah. Right. Out of the house. And so coming off of this really intense master's degree program, coming off of having a a young child at home, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some health issues, and just the overall time commitment of being a high school band director. I was like, um, I need to take a little break. Yeah. Like, I, this, is, this is a lot mm-hmm. right now. It's too much. Um, and so very serendipitously, you actually might not remember this, but you were at PV with Ben Clemmy talking about your uh, private lesson program. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, I had known that I was not going to teach there anymore. And you guys went up to the main office to check out. And I went up to the copy room to <laughs> make huh, some copies. Right, just to run into these and fellas. I, yeah, and I just happened to run into you in the hallway and I asked, I'm going to be, uh, this is my last year teaching, you know, mm-hmm. for the time being. Right. Anything going on at the Quad City Symphony? <laughs> oh, and in fact, hey, there is. There is some stuff going on at the Quad City. There are a few openings at that time, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I put in my application. Um and and Ben Loeb was actually pushing really hard for me to be I forget what the exact title of it was but mm-hmm. stage manager kind of right like, director of operations yeah, this thank yep. you uh-huh. and I was like yeah I don't want to do that <laughs> yeah well I mean <laughs> no, the story you. behind that was that I was already um, well I started off as general manager then director of education and then when Rich Stodd retired who yeah. was personnel and director of operations ben was like you want to add that and i was like i'll do personnel but i definitely won't do operations so then here nick propes nope nope (laughs) well i felt like there were a lot of things that are outside of my 100 percent abilities like you know i'm the guy that says how long is this piece of wood i don't know like 17 feet right how long does it take to get somewhere i don't know five minutes 27 minutes later (laughs) as soon as he handed me the job description and it said lighting it's like i know nothing nothing about about lighting i I can't i'm not 100 i said but i see that you have this orchestra librarian position Mm -hmm. i know how to put music into folders i've been doing that for 13 years you know i could do this job Mm -hmm. um and so that's how I came to the Quad City Symphony. And you, then you learn that there are a little bit more intricacies to it than just stuffing folders. Well, but, uh... right. A little bit more intricacies <laughs> than just stuffing music into folders. But it was all, I think it was all, I mean, I, I felt like I did a decent job at it. No, you were fantastic. Uh-huh. I mean, because what it requires is somebody who's detail-oriented. Right. Who understands that those details matter to the end product, and you killed it. You were yeah. great. You were a oh, fantastic thanks. librarian. Well, hey, thanks. <laughs> but uh, that wasn't the only thing that you did at the QCSO. Right. And let's talk so, xylopes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one thing that was requirement of the job of orchestra librarian was coming to all of the rehearsals in case there's a music emergency. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes there were, yes. but oftentimes there were not. Right. And, and I didn't hate it because I got to sit there and listen to this world-class orchestra 
and a fantastic conductor working on their music. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, so this is cool. But at the same time, you know, getting a little bit itchy and twitchy and like, what else can I do here? Right. So I started bringing my camera mm-hmm. to rehearsals mm-hmm. and, you know, taking a few shots here and there because that's what I do. Right. Um, and ended up then those uh, photographs started being used more and more in the marketing world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then at some point it was, well, you know what? Why don't you transition to the marketing world? Mm-hmm. We'll get somebody else to do the librarian stuff. Mm-hmm. And and you can come over and do all this photography and videography. Mm-hmm. And, and it was it was a lot of fun. And yeah, you and had, I had a lot of fun together. We had a great time. We made some cool stuff. So... Um couple minutes left but uh, to describe that heyday was <laughs> the quad city symphony office has been like a million things it was a tire shop at one point right. and then it was a travel agency mm-hmm. at another point and uh we had just done a little bit of like painting and freshening the place up <laughs> a little bit and so uh nick and i shared an office it was not really large enough to be shared. Yeah, it was a small room. It was a very small room. But um, the executive director at that time uh, allowed us to ask the painters to make an entire wall a whiteboard wall. Right. And so much – there was a lot of garbage on there that we put up because <laughs> we thought it was funny. But also at the same time, it was like a really – like I wish I had like pictures of that. Because yeah. like you could see little bits of like creativity that became right. something else, yeah. and like it's days true. like you know a part a creative partnership in which people can come in. Hey, I was thinking on the way to work. What about this? And then you know figuring out ways to do it. But I think that with your skills, like I think the QCSO was able to show itself and its presence within the community in a way that. Um, I don't think we really saw a whole lot of orchestras doing at that time. Right. And that was exciting and fun. It was exciting and I fun. I missed that a little bit. Uh, I mean, it brought together my two passions. Sorry, I should say I missed that too. I don't want to gloss over. No, no, I don't want to gloss over your emotions there and your feelings. Because yes. I did miss it also. Um, it really brought together you know, my passions for music and photography. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and you so, got to make a friend and in I the got process. to make a really good friend in the process well listeners we have four minutes left before Nick has to leave in the studio actually is signed out at 11.30 <laughs> oh. so we have to cover from post QCSO to current day in about four right. minutes and that does not devalue post QCSO work right. because you're doing super cool stuff we just don't have time so it's fine Give me the four minutes of the, Nick Probst's current right. day, hopes and dreams, what you're trying to do with all of this, and uh, what can people uh, look forward to. Right. So at some point there, um, at the end of the, my time at the QCSO, I started to have that realization that, like, oh, I'm a teacher at heart. Mm-hmm. You know, Not that I didn't enjoy our time at the QCSO, but I had a serious desire to get back in the classroom. Right. And, and it was a finite time because both of us, I think, had visions that were outside of that office. Yeah. Whether yeah. it was like growing into other positions within that organization right. or doing other things. So, And it just so happened that the pandemic happened mm-hmm. and there was a major teacher shortage. 
um, and lots of things were weird for teachers. Right. And there were teachers who were not coming back, and mm-hmm. there was a need. Uh, so the um, PV reached out to me again and said, hey, we have a need mm-hmm. <laughs> for teachers. Will you come back and teach uh, for this year as a long-term sub? And I said yes. Uh, and so I came back to teach for that year at PV one more time. Um, and again, like just even more so solidified like, oh, yeah, I'm a teacher at heart. Right. Uh, and so then, but that was, you know, up at the end of the year, uh, the teacher who was on leave came back. And so it just so happened that at the very next, you know, school year, a position opened up in the mm-hmm. North Scott District. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now I've finished my second year this year as the seventh grade band director in the North Scott School District. And I'm ecstatic to be back in the in the classroom it is, you know, like I, I keep saying, I think it's at my heart, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really good to be back in the classroom. But I don't devalue the time that I had at the Quad City Symphony because now I've met a lot of great people. And one of the things that I love to do at North Scott Junior High is bring in my friends to play for all of my students. So I really try, have been trying hard the last couple of years to have um, as many QCSO musicians and not, not, not just QCSO musicians. Right. We've had a few others come mm-hmm. in as well, but try to have as many real world models and examples for my students as possible. 100%. So I'm very thankful to have made the connections that I did in my time away. Cause now it gives me a chance to bring better experiences to my students at North Scott. hundred percent. Well, Nick Propes, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for And I know me. that we could have done another hour we or two. Could but, have. Uh, and someday yeah. we will find another reason we'll to turn the mic on. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Have a good rest thank of your you. day, bud. Because it's produced by Mark Zyla and Jaron Michelle in the studios of WVIK Quad Cities NPR. Thank you for listening to this episode. Because I read Because by Mo Willems, illustrated by Amber Wren, I wanted to learn the becauses of people I admire. Do me a favor and thank someone in your own Because story, and join us next time on Because. Because.